Hello and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me, Gail, and my amazing guest. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018, and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration, joy and light so you can find your own sober bliss. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Sober Bliss Meets. Today I'm really excited because I am joined by a lovely, lovely man. He is an author and also an addiction counsellor. And he's joining me all the way from America. So I'd love you to welcome the lovely Richard Capriola. Hi, Richard. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me to your program. Uh, It's a pleasure and an honor to be here today with you and to talk about adolescent substance abuse. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. It's my pleasure. And it's such an important topic. I think, um, which is why, you know, I was really delighted when you got in touch with me because of the wonderful work that you do in your profession and also through the book that you've written. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's called The Addicted Child. So what was it that made you write the book? Why did you think there was a need for it? Well, I have worked with so many adolescents and parents um, in their struggle to um, overcome uh, their child's uh, addiction to alcohol or drugs. Mm -hmm. And many times when I would sit down with them and I would uh, talk about their child's history of using substances, um, and they learned all of the information about the history. They would many times say things to me like, I had no idea that this was going on. Or if they did suspect their child might be using uh, alcohol or a drug like marijuana, they would say, well, I knew something was going on, but I didn't know it was this bad. So mm-hmm. I wanted to provide a resource for parents that would be uh, very quick for them to read. It runs only about 100 pages, uh, but it's packed with a lot of, uh, of helpful information for parents that they can digest fairly quickly and walk away thinking that they've got a better understanding of this issue. They know what the warning signs are. They know what to look for. If they're in a situation where their child is using a substance, they know what assessments to get done and what programs and treatment options are available. So I wanted it to be a user-friendly resource for parents and a roadmap that would guide them along the way. Yeah, yeah. And is that because you think parents just don't see what's going on or they don't understand what's going on or they don't know what to do if they suspect something? All of those. Uh, I think in in many cases, uh, they don't know the warning signs to look for. No one's ever helped them to 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 see what the warning signs are. Um, and, and they don't know, you know, 
what tests are necessary to get a good picture of what's going on with your child once you find out that they're using a substance. And then if treatment's needed, there are so many different types of treatments out there that um, it's good to have a resource that sort of guides you along the way. But, But the most important issue is in, in this book, I try to present information in a very user-friendly way mm-hmm. that will help parents walk away and say, I understand this issue better than I did before. Yes, yeah, that's so important. And I wanted to ask you what the warning signs are to look out for. I've got a teenager, and often we put strange behavior or a sudden change in behavior down to the fact that it's a teenager so what makes it you know what is the thing to look out for that separates this issue from just regular you know grumpy teenage behavior well that's a that's an excellent question and 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 I have different warning signs in my book for different substances for for example I I I tell parents to look for these warning signs if you suspect marijuana mm. look for these warning signs if you suspect alcohol um and 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 a, and a lot of kids are not only using a substance but they have an eating disorder that's going on too or they might be self-injuring so mm. there's a chapter on my book on what we call process disorders, which are things like eating disorders, uh, self-injury, gaming, and things like that. And I list the warning signs that parents should know about if they suspect their child has an eating disorder or might be self-harming themselves. But as a general rule, what I advise parents to do is... Um, pay attention to any changes that you see in your child. Um, These might be academic changes. They might be social changes. uh, They might be changes in your child's appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You may have a child, for example, who used to enjoy participating in sports and no longer enjoys that. Or, or, Or a child who used to be very social and outgoing and now is more withdrawn and isolating. And just as you said earlier, uh, many parents, I think, will look at these changes and they will think, well, this is just normal adolescent development. These, this is just the kid acting out as a, as, as a, as a teenager. Yeah. And in, in many cases, that's true. That, 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 that is what's going on. But in, in many other cases, there's something deeper going on. So when you see these changes, my advice is don't ignore them. Um, find out get a professional assessment done um, and find out what's really going on so that you have a better understanding of why you're seeing these changes in your child. If they, they may very well be just normal acting out behavior of a teenager, but they may be symptoms of an underlying issue. And as a parent, you deserve to know exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you do. That's all right. Um, and do you find that parents are often maybe scared of discovering the truth they are scared of what they might find out if they you know probe this a little bit more or is it more I think so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I think so. I, I think many, many parents sort of shy away from this issue, hoping it doesn't raise its head, hoping yeah. that it's not going to affect their child. Yeah. Um, but, but then uh, if it does happen, then they're totally caught off guard. It's something that they didn't, didn't suspect was going to happen. So, you know, knowledge is power. And, you know, that's why I wrote the book to give parents the knowledge and the understanding they need so that they know what to look for and they're better prepared. Hopefully they'll never need, you know, to, to, to have this information. Mm. Uh, but, but if they do, it's there. Maybe they feel better prepared now to look for the warning signs. Yeah. Um, don't, don't, don't become overreactive if you see some of these warning signs, because really um, I, I think the more of these warning signs you see, the more concerning it will be for a parent. Mm, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, we all want the best for our children, don't we? Even if it might cause some uncomfortable feelings, emotions, situations. Um, and what I like about the book is that it's it's short and it's in plain language because I think the world of, you know, addiction and substance abuse and, and alcohol can be quite scary and overwhelming for parents. Um, is that why you wrote it in, you know, clear, simple, plain language so it's accessible to everybody? Yes. Yes, it did. I'm glad to hear that, that, that you found it to be that way because I wrote the book that uh, I wish I would have had when, when I was raising my son, who is now in his 30s. Um, I wish I would have been able to sit down and in a half an hour or an hour be able to, to, to read a book like this and, and, and know the warning signs to look for and have, have more information. And I, and I intentionally wrote it in a non-technical way. So that it was in everyday sort of language, as, as if as if you were talking to a good friend and they were trying to explain this to you. So there's not a lot of jargon. There's not a lot of, a lot of scientific studies and all of that that, that can be sometimes in, in, in many books. I wanted it to be more of a conversation that I was having with a parent. Yeah, yeah. And over the past 20 plus years that you've been working in this field, have you noticed um, an, an increase in this issue amongst young people and teenagers? I, I think that there have been changes over the last 20 or 30 years. Uh, for example, the marijuana that kids are exposed to today is much more powerful than what it was 20 or 30 years ago, which makes it much more addictive and, and, and potentially much more harmful to an adolescent's developing brain. Yeah. Uh, in, in the last several years, we have seen a dramatic increase in this country uh, with kids vaping substances like nicotine and marijuana, where they, where they use a vaping instrument like a pen or a USB drive and they turn the substance into a vapor and then they inhale it. And, and in the last three years, there's been a dramatic increase in kids who are vaping nicotine and marijuana. Um, so we have seen some changes over the years in terms of, of kids, you know, turning to some of these substances. Alcohol and marijuana are still two of the more popular substances that, that seem to uh, attract kids. Uh, but we are seeing some changes in uh, the the way in which they're getting the substance, primarily through vaping. Yeah, yeah. 
And why is it, do you think, I mean, this is a massive question, not one that can be kind of answered in a few minutes, but why do you think that teenagers and young people do turn to these substances uh, at such a young age? There, there are many reasons uh, why a child uh, gets interested in, 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 in using a substance uh, such as alcohol or marijuana. Some of it is just curiosity. You know, they want to see what it's like. They want to see what that feeling is that they keep hearing uh, is so great. Um, some of it is because of peer pressure. They're hanging around with their friends who are using and, and eventually they give in to that kind of pressure. Yeah. Um, and then they try a substance and maybe they'll have a good experience. Maybe they won't, but chances are if they have a good experience, they're going to want to try it again along with their friends. Mm-hmm. And then for a certain number of, of, of children, uh, w- they're using the substance to medicate an underlying issue. For example, many of the of the teenage boys and girls that I worked with when I asked them to help me understand why they were smoking so much marijuana often the response was it helps me with my anxiety yeah. so for some kids um, you know they're using a substance to medicate an underlying issue like anxiety or depression um, or, or some type of intolerable thought or feeling or memory and that's why it's important if if you suspect your child is using a substance, that you get a comprehensive assessment. And my book talks about the different kinds of assessments as a parent you should get because you want to either rule out or rule in the possibility that your child might be using a substance to medicate some other issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. And you also mention in the book where you can go for support if your child is using something because I think that's the most important thing isn't it people want to know where they can get help for their child where they can get help for their child and also where they can get help for themselves because many times the parent is going through their own issues their own emotional issues when they find out that their child is using a substance you know they may they may may begin to question are they a good parent they question well how did i miss the warning signs for so long so Mm -hmm. so you know, parents need help too. And there are a lot of resources out there for both treatment for the child and resources for the parent themselves so that they can get the emotional support they need to help them get through this process. And a lot of them are community-based resources. Some of them are available through the school. Some of them are available through community resources as well. And some of them are available through individual counseling too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's something there for every parent, really, with regards to this issue. Yes, because so many times the parents are, are struggling with their own issues as well. And, and we focus on the child, which, which is appropriate. And often we ignore that the fact that the parent's going through some issues as well. It's a difficult time for parents as, as well. Yes, it is. It is. I've got a teenager, so I can definitely vouch for that. Yes, yes. And, but, you know, it, it, 
it can be traumatic for parents. Mm. It can be frightening for parents because mm. you, you begin to think, well, is my child going to die because of this? Is this going to lead to other drugs? What's going on? So, you know, it, it, it's good for a parent to try and get some support. Maybe it's a good friend. Maybe it's another family member. Maybe it's a professional counselor. But whatever is available, I encourage parents to at least try to reach out and get some support for themselves at the same time they're trying to help their child yeah yeah well I'm so pleased that you came on today to talk to me and I'm so pleased that you've written the book because I do know that it's going to be so helpful for so many people um it's called the addicted child and it's available on Amazon and paperback and Kindle I think is that right it is. It's available on Kindle and it's available on paperback. And there is also a parent workbook that's available in parent uh, in paperback. It's available through Amazon. It's also available through the book's website, which is helptheaddictedchild.com. So parents and others can go to the book's website. They can read endorsements from psychologists and psychiatrists. They can read book reviews. There's a way on the site that they can communicate and send a message to me. Um, They can read some articles that have been posted there and they can buy the book directly through the website. So I would encourage people to visit the website, read the resources and order the book through the website, which is helptheaddictedchild.com. Okay, perfect. I'll put that in the the notes so people can click on the website. Great, thank you. Thank you. Um, It's been a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much, Richard, for sharing this and writing the book. It's going to be so helpful to so many people. Thank you so much. And and, and I appreciate you having me on the uh, broadcast today. Hopefully we'll be able to provide some good information to all the listeners. And thank you also for your suggestions and for your comments and your perspective. I think they were very helpful as well. So I just hope that we're able to reach out to people and, and, and give them the information that they need. So thank you so much for having me on the program. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share and subscribe. For more help and support, go to the Sober Bliss website, soberbliss.com. Connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living.